You are listening to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips, a show designed specifically to help you stand out. I'm Colleen McKenna, your host. I'm the author of It's Business, Not Social, and a longtime blogger, speaker, LinkedIn trainer, and coach. It's Business Not Social is our philosophy and method designed to help you stand out on LinkedIn. This podcast is for everyone looking to maximize their brand, network, career, and business initiatives. Meaning, finding a job, hiring, selling, and marketing. That pretty much includes most people. I will be talking with the experts on our Intero advisory team, outside experts whose insight I value, and sometimes it might just be me. Whatever the format, the goal is to get you closer to gaining traction and being a standout on LinkedIn. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips. I'm Colleen, your host. Stand Out on LinkedIn is brought to you by Intero Advisory, the leader in LinkedIn branding, sales, and recruiting enablement. Today, Jim and I are talking about recruiting, one of our favorite topics. We talk about this a lot. First, for those of you who don't know Jim Cusick, he's our Director of Digital Enablement. He works directly with our clients on building their brand, business development, and recruiting strategies. Part of that strategy always involves talking with clients about recruiting. He also loves the outdoors listening to podcasts, thinking critically, solving problems, and you should know Jim loves puppies, all kinds of puppies, every breed of puppy. Jim loves puppies. Today, Jim, let's dive in and talk about LinkedIn and recruiting and recruiting in general. You you have a phrase that you kind of mentioned quite a bit, random acts of recruiting. That's why we've titled this podcast, Random Acts of Recruiting. Why do you think so many companies struggle with recruiting? I mean, it's simple as not having an active recruiting strategy. That's what it is. If they're going to have an aggressive or an active um, recruiting strategy, it's typically leveraging a a third-party recruiter to do that, um, which is fine if that's part of your strategy. But an internal, aggressive, or active recruiting strategy is pretty much non-existent, which is tough to understand when you hear, our people are our most important asset. Our, we're all about our people. and But yet you're giving somebody who it could be, you're tasking it to just a, a sales manager to hire a salesperson. You're tasking your HR person to find all these people. But then you're also asking them to do about nine other things during their day. And recruiting is time intensive. It needs to be very strategic and it can build on itself. And if you're not doing those things, you're just going to be throwing up job posting randomly putting up, we're hiring and hoping for the best. And do you think that this is only small companies, small businesses, or do you see it across the spectrum of you know different size companies? Unfortunately, it's every size company. Now there's some companies that in those different sizes that do it really well and they have a really thought out aggressive recruiting strategy and, and actually hiring process in general. So there's a lot of companies that do do it well. But there's companies at every level that we've worked with or I've worked with in the past or I've seen working for a uh, recruiting firm, seen others work with companies and they just, no matter the size of the company, they just don't have the things in place or it's divisions within companies that they're not working across divisions with that same process. So one division's got it down really 
really well. And the other divisions are just kind of floating out there, just hoping and praying. Yeah. And even it's sometimes as simple as making sure what you're trying to do for recruiting, there's a place on your website that talks about careers and job opportunities. We not too long ago had a conversation with someone where they needed to hire. They didn't even have job opportunities or anything uh, about career opportunities on their website. How do people miss that when they're building a website? There's just so many other things that that just pop up or it just gets pushed to the side or it's it, it's looked at as a nice to have. So you, you're telling everybody people are mo- our most important asset, but that piece of the business is a nice to have. And when we did all this other things, so that's something we'll look at in the future. I wrote a blog post probably about almost a year ago now, and I took a Mike Tyson quote and I switched it around for recruiting. And it was everyone has a plan till someone uh, instead of someone punches them in the mouth, someone hands them their two weeks notice. It, it should be part of the business that you're constantly, and it's hard to do. And and when we're talking about this, it it's not easy. We're talking about it because it is hard to do, but that you're constantly having conversations around strategic planning when it comes to your people and recruiting. I think this is so important. And I want us to just dive into this a little bit more. So from my perspective, um, pre-March 2020, the previous four or five years in every conversation with every CEO, with every CEO group I talked with, it was show us how to use LinkedIn for recruiting. Literally March 2020, that flipped to business development. But what was interesting is when, when I was always talking about recruiting, I would say, well, what about business development? Oh, we've got that covered. And I said, well, remember everything I'm teaching you and talking about as it relates to recruiting applies to business development. Last year in you know 2020, going into 2021, still having these conversations focused on business development. Now I'm saying, well, what about recruiting? Oh, we've got that. We're not hiring. I'm like, I know you might not be hiring today, but you probably will be in the future. How are you building and thinking about creating pipelines and funnels, whatever marketing term you want to apply, but how are you thinking about building networks and very often internal in-house recruiters and, and HR people are not thinking about building their network this way. Can we talk about that a little bit? What's your thought on that? Yeah. Again, it's tough because people are tasked with so many different things. So if you're in HR right now, you're dealing with um, who's back in the office. Are we with working remote? How do we handle HR type issues with people not being in the office? What are we doing as far as continuing to um, update our company policies, dealing with all the, the different chain, day-to-day changes um, that HR people are tasked with. Plus, oh, can you help us hire? So what you see is just throwing up job postings or my absolute favorite, and I, I put quotes around that because it is not my favorite, the random, we're hiring this position, reach out to us. If you know anybody, if you know good people, send them our way. Like that's not gonna work. One, it's not authentic to your network, um, but two, what, what is a random post? If I'm in if I'm in, in HR, I have 85 connections on LinkedIn. Out of those 85 connections, 35 work at my company. 30 are other industry professionals, and the rest are family friends. What are what am I getting out of posting to that? It it doesn't make sense. I think back when I first uh, my first job out of college, I didn't have a Twitter, and I was told I needed to get a Twitter because we want to be sharing tweets. But I didn't have anybody I was. 
uh, that was following me on Twitter. I made the Twitter because I was told to do it. And I shared random tweets uh, about the business to nobody, to like the three friends that I was connected with on Twitter, never used it. And it didn't get anywhere. So the company could sit there and be like, ah, Twitter doesn't work. Well, there was no strategy behind it. It was just random acts of Twitter postings. So if we take that to LinkedIn, if you're just randomly posting, we're hiring out of nowhere and you never post on LinkedIn, you're not going to get anything. Now, what I would say, we flip that around. If you're an HR professional who's built an intentional network, you've with when you do hire people, you're connecting with people at that company that you just pulled from. You're helping those, you're having those people like and share that post um, and you're being strategic about it. And, and you're posting, maybe not we're hiring X. How about we just completed this really cool project. Oh, and by the way, we're, we have openings on our growing team in X, Y, and Z. So now it's not we're hiring, come to me. It's look at this really cool project that's going to get engagement. And this, again, everything we say is not going to apply to everybody, every specific scenario. But look at this cool project and put it out there. Wouldn't you kind of want to work on this cool this, this cutting edge type of thing, that that's the way to do it if you're going to go with that more passive strategy. But at some point, you had to be really strategic with how you're going to build out that passive recruiting strategy. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I think sometimes, and we talked about this in our last episode on followers. If you didn't listen to that episode, please take a listen. And we talked about connections and followers and their importance and how companies really do need to tap into the networks of their employees. So if you're the HR and recruiting manager and you're looking to hire an engineer, a project manager, a sales professional, a marketing person, whatever that may be, why not ask the other engineers on your team to do something with that job post? Right, because they might be the ones actually connected to engineers or the other project managers um, share it with their network because maybe they went they went to school with or or maybe they went and got a certification in project management there's lots of those and maybe they're connected to some of those people right so a little bit of a different approach jim do you think that that can work a little bit more effectively for somebody well let me uh let me play a little devil's advocate here you're going to hear well our engineers aren't connected to anybody they don't use linkedin okay well just cuz they're not connected to anybody on linkedin and they don't use linkedin doesn't mean they don't know those people. They don't have them in their cell phone. They can't text somebody. So when Colleen's talking about specific like network and that, that engineer project manager scenario, a lot of times we'll hear that. I've heard that multiple times. We're not, while we're LinkedIn purists, we think LinkedIn is an incredible tool and an incredible platform. It's not the be all end all. Use the same strategy, but have them shoot out a text and, and ask because they probably know somebody. There's only, if we look at it, if you're, uh, especially if it's location-based, there's only a finite amount of people that can do your job in that area that are going to drive to your office unless you get lucky and someone moves in. So why are you not cultivating that? Just like you cultivate in the, your business development, people are constantly cultivating that local network. They have a territory. Why not apply those business development practices back to recruiting? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then I would say, so I would tell clients to do exactly what you just said. Reach out to them on different platforms, call them, email them, text them, whatever. And then I would take a very hard look at how key people and 
then everybody in my company, and this is so important for small business, so hugely important for small business. And I would start to say, you know what, everybody on the team, we got to start using some of these tools more intentionally and strategically. Everybody, in my opinion, is in recruiting and business development, whether directly or indirectly. But everybody knows a group of people that can help the company on the hiring side and, and the business development side. There's no question. So there's some different steps and phases to how somebody can um, activate a, ne a network. But to think to me, you know, I often say LinkedIn's a team sport across the company. You got to you got to get people to participate and think about who they know so they can help you out. So let's talk about hiring a search firm after the position's been open for a long time, because we see this and we get questions on this quite often. Yeah, so what so let's take a, a pretty common scenario. Jobs open, company tries to fill position themselves. They use a zip recruiter or indeed.com to hopefully get someone to apply to the job posting. HR sifts through the resumes, works with hiring the hiring manager. They don't find anybody. They're frustrated. We don't have the right people. Now we go to LinkedIn. Well, let's use LinkedIn. We throw some random posts out there, have people in the company randomly share it. Maybe we go as far as in investing in a LinkedIn recruiter with no idea how to use it, send out some random messages on LinkedIn, get nowhere, still frustrated. Then we say, you know what? This is really hurting our business that this position's open. Let's now, we didn't want to do it before, bite the bullet and pay a search firm a placement fee to find this person. Or maybe we do a contract hire scenario. So now we're tasking the search firm who has professional recruiters that are aggressively should be aggressively reaching out to people that know what they're doing who are now working on a position that is three to four weeks old could be further could be a couple months old um and they're getting the pressure to fill this role so they're acting even more transactionally than they would like to because they like to build uh intentional networks and they're transactionally trying to fill the position for you and now you're spending all this time interviewing you're frustrated with the search firm and now we're two three months down the road and we haven't hired anybody but we were the whole way, we were never strategic. We were just randomly doing things. So we're now we're mad at third party recruiting firms and we say they don't know what they're doing. And really, if we could have taken that and let's walk walk back to the beginning, if we need a strategic partner to hire, we want to use that strategic partner, that search firm right away. There's creating that relationship with them, even if you just use them on certain types of really niche purple squirrel type roles you have them the to, as a partner there and you build that relationship if we're looking at that passive recruiting job posting let's not recycle an old job posting and just throw it up there with job duties let's actually stand out if we're going to pay to have our position on indeed pay to have it on zip recruiter or linkedin jobs let's actually take some time and make that very unique but that's that branding piece of the position now we got to follow it up with how are we, how have we been building our networks? Because we're, let's use an IT, we're an IT company that constantly needs a business analyst um, when we have projects. What are we doing to connect with those business analysts, build that pipeline? So then when we do have that job posting, we can share it. It might get in front of them. We can actively out, um, do outreach to them. It all starts to blend together and mesh together as a strategy. So now I have my third party firm working on it. I'm trying to fill it myself. I've done the groundwork, so I'm not spending all this time 
half doing random acts while doing my other job responsibility. So as you can see, if you're following me along there, it's, it's not doing one thing or the other because that's the right thing to do at that time. It's how do we mesh them together to get to our goal? Because at the end of the day, if you're going to pay a search firm 20% placement fee three months down the road, what's the difference of paying that up at the beginning if they find you the right person and you're, it's worth paying it? If that's part of your strategy, great. If you can't afford that search firm, well, what organic things are you doing that you don't need to contract a search firm because you're being aggressive with your recruiting strategy? This is important. Let's let's distinguish this. So what I think very often in-house recruiters, and, and I have a lot of respect for them. They have a hard job. Um, they, they may not realize that they are competing with those third-party recruiters too, right? So, and I don't know if this is where we want to go with this, but I, I do want to point this out. So if the in-house person has 85 connections, like you talked about, and the a third-party recruiter, professional recruiter, has 10,000 connections, it's like apples and oranges, right? Strategic connections. Like they're mm -hmm. building a network in there. They typically have a territory. They typically have positions that they're aligned with um, or specialty. And then you're having your in-house recruiter compete. It, it's not a, it just- Not a level playing field. And then the other thing we'll hear is, well, that in-house recruiter used to work at a, a third-party recruiting company. Well, that's great. I have a lot of friends that went from third-party recruiting to internal recruiting. And talking to some of them, a lot of them, they say is, well, I'm working on a lot of positions. It's different because I'm not active. I'm not really actively recruiting. I have a ton of resumes to go through, but and I'm filling positions. So that internal recruiter now came in. They went from an aggressive recruiting mindset, came into an in, to be an internal recruiter. Is probably getting paid a really good salary to be that internal recruiter. And now they're being passive with it for one reason or another. So you're losing out on that um, aggressive. I mean, recruiting should be. And when we say aggressive, it's not tricking people to take jobs because the other part of this is the employee retention piece, getting them the, the right job for the right role uh, or for the right skill set and, and um, culture fit. But it's it's at the same it's it's really breaking it down that we need to understand what our niche is, what our hardest positions are, are going to be to fill and how do we start continuously having that pipeline. And LinkedIn is a great way to do it because. It's leveled the playing field for small mom and pop recruiting shops to these big companies with these just endless ATSs, applicant tracking systems, where they just have endless phone numbers, endless emails, endless resumes from years of recruiting in their databases. LinkedIn's leveled that playing field where you can just go and, and do a quick search and with a compelling message and the right timing, pull, a, pull somebody um, to your company that effectively. But no matter what you're going to do, you got to do the hard work of building that network. Would you say... Um... So you've used the word aggressive. Would you, you could you replace that with proactive? Yeah, proactive is the the better term. I would I would assume I, I say aggressive because aggressive to me means that you're you're finding phone numbers, you're calling, you're doing everything you can to get in touch with them because you know it's the right role for them. Proactive is as opposed to reactive um, is the best way when comparing the two strategies. Reactive recruiting leads to high dollars for ZipRecruiter and Indeed and low conversions for, for the individuals. And it's not knocking ZipRecruiter and Indeed because they've built their net. They have people just like you could do with LinkedIn. They have people who are checking their website because they know and that they're doing it a different way. They're using television commercials, radio commercials, but people know that's where the jobs are. 
I can find them. Um, but why not target the right person for your job? Right. So what that means when you think about LinkedIn at its core, it's a database. We can query it any which way we want. So if you need to hire an engineer, a product product manager, a project manager, or salesperson, whomever, and, and really, and we're going to talk about this in, in just a minute, Jim, about who's not on LinkedIn too. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But go do searches. Search for that person. Look, go find some of the talent that you think would be a good fit um, and reach out to them on LinkedIn. That's what Jim means by connecting with them, building that, that network. Recruiters will typically have very large networks because they understand how this works. And so that when they go to do a search based on keywords or, you know, which might include industry, location, title, skills, um, they're getting the people, they're getting a lot of people coming up in that search. Um, years ago, I was working with an MSP and they hired a new in-house recruiter and she was not a believer. She did not use LinkedIn. She had no network on LinkedIn. And I would say over the last five years, she's developed an amazing network and she's pretty much a LinkedIn ninja at this point. But she she just didn't understand. And she did a search and I did a search and we came up with very different results. And she was like, how'd you get that many results? I'm like, it's based on my network. LinkedIn looks at the relevancy of your network. So as a re in-house recruiter or somebody who's really um, tasked with finding new talent, and sometimes that's the CEO. So the CEO needs to jumpstart their network. They're like, oh, I'm doing the hiring. I'm like, well, terrific, except you're not connected to any project managers. The disconnect there, and it, it's hard to do. It doesn't take a ton of time to understand where your gaps are. But if you don't understand where your gaps are when it comes to that, you're you're literally sitting there getting mad at a platform for not finding you somebody because you randomly put something on there that you're hiring. I um, I saw a post last week, uh, not connected to the the individual, but they they were posting for a company. I'm sure it's a great company in Tennessee that they basically said we're hiring. And they named every position under the sun that they're hiring for. Come, come, reach out. That's not that's not targeted. And then they had the post liked and shared by people outside of the state, and they were looking for those people to be on site. So it just it it's like it's uh, if we use a I know we like to use a lot of fishing and uh, fish examples um, when it comes to LinkedIn, but if you're driving around and you're looking for a specific type of fish, so let's say I want to catch a smallmouth bass. And I'm driving around to a bunch of ponds, not knowing if there's smallmouth bass in these ponds. And I'm casting a few random spots in the and trying a few random lures in in that pond, saying there's no fish here. This this pond is terrible, and walking away. Now I'm never going to be able when I need to go back and catch that smallmouth bass again. Understand where those smallmouth bass are. I didn't even do my due diligence um, for for future hiring, and I now have this bad taste in my mouth. Because I, I say, oh, none of these fish have, or none of these ponds have any fish because I don't understand. I didn't do the, the groundwork. Yeah, we are big on fish analogies here. Like we like to teach people to fish. We also know that sometimes people need a fish dinner. That's what they prefer. So it, it, there's something, you know, we offer something for everybody. So that that's the reference to Jim and, and our fishing um, analogies. So really it's it's important to think about who's on LinkedIn and 
And there's what right now over 730 million plus people on LinkedIn. So there's no lack of people on LinkedIn. Some jobs are harder to recruit for on LinkedIn than others. Jim, can you just share your experience? Because Jim also uses LinkedIn Recruiter, which is LinkedIn's most powerful product. It gives us access to pretty much the entire LinkedIn network. We can see who's open to a job opportunity, who might be interested in locating. So lots of filters, really, really powerful platform. So two questions, Jim. Let's talk about who it's not easy to recruit for on LinkedIn first. So if you're looking at the biggest active group on LinkedIn, it's, it's probably going to be salespeople. If we're just generalizing, it's going to be salespeople. And then it's probably going to be marketing people and then filter into more operational management type areas. But it's, it's always going to be skewed that direction. If I am hiring a very niche technical position and I'm only using LinkedIn and I'm looking at my search and I say I, I do a, I'm sitting with a, one of our clients, I'm doing training and we do a very detailed search and we only come up with a hundred names and out of those hundred names, 20 of them have profile images. That right there is an indicator that not a lot of these people are active on LinkedIn. So it, you can do a couple simple searches to figure out it's typically highly technical positions, really niche type positions or positions like um, that are really hard to find. They're more like legacy type positions that are still in demand. And I'm not knocking those positions at all, but those people, it's a very small group and they're not active on um, a platform like that. Like uh, cold fusion developers are probably not, uh, I would not recommend LinkedIn recruiting as the main strategy um, to find cold fusion developers. Or if we're looking at something that, that is, is a role where those people, I mean, they're not at a desktop they're probably not going to be on LinkedIn as much. They might be it on their phone, uh, but that doesn't mean LinkedIn's not not going to work, and you can't have it work in that scenario. I just wouldn't make it my main focus. Does that answer your question, Colleen? Absolutely. So, what happens when you combine you combine a difficult role with a location? So, a company, for example, that's in a really small market or in you know in a state outside of a major metro market. What happens then? How much harder does it get? It gets really hard through LinkedIn. Um, there's certain, we find there's different areas of the country that are not dead areas on LinkedIn, but they definitely have less people active on LinkedIn than others. One that comes, pops into my head right away was I did a, a search for a client in Corpus Christi, uh, Texas, and uh, Corpus Christi, Texas had like a 2% response rate compared to six other markets in Texas having using the same messaging, targeting the same people having over 30%. Um, so right there, it, it just shows you that, that, that market, it just wasn't as active and it. And those people were active people on LinkedIn. We're talking actually sales and marketing people. So certain locations don't have as much activity on LinkedIn, but as LinkedIn continues to grow, that's going to change. And if you combine those two, I mean, you're, you're looking at a very hard position to fill and you're only going to be able to pull from, if you, if you actually say they need to have X amount of years of experience from certain competitors in that area. So if you're not, and you've probably pulled from them before, if you're not actively cultivating strategies to, to get to those people, you're not gonna get there. Um, you're not gonna get in touch with them, but it might be, let's let's take a, um, let's use a real scenario. So say we're, we are in Baltimore, Maryland, and Baltimore is not a heavy LinkedIn, in this example, not a heavy LinkedIn area. 
and I'm looking for a LinkedIn, a technical LinkedIn uh, specialist for Intero Advisory in the area. And there's only two other LinkedIn companies here. They need to be in the office every day and they need to have eight years of LinkedIn experience. And I, I'm using this as an example. I don't always agree with the, the hard experience years um, from my perspective, but say they need eight years of LinkedIn experience. There's only going to be a certain amount of people in that area that fit that spot. And we've probably taken people from those companies before if we've uh, if we recruit that way. But what if there was a couple companies that weren't on LinkedIn because it's not a heavy LinkedIn area that had these LinkedIn specialists? And in this example, I reach out to the sales manager who is on LinkedIn there. And I get his email syntax because I connected with him. I can see his email. And now I know the email of the company. And I heard that, I'm just going to use my brother's name, Tom Cusick works at this company. What's stopping me from just going tom.cusick at linkedinsmart.com? Hey, I know you're not on LinkedIn. Would love to, to talk to you about this position. Here's my... Uh, Here's my contact information if you're open to looking. If you, I know we haven't met. If you, uh, if you know anybody that you would like to recommend and you're not looking, please send them my way. It's, it's been a really tough uh, position to fill. You're kind of asking them for a favor there. It's a shot in the dark, but it, it may work. Um, and I know I'm now thinking about my scenario that I put out at LinkedIn companies and I'm looking for a LinkedIn expert, but they're not on LinkedIn. But if you, I didn't want to use a real life example. If you take the, the principle out of that, just because that person's not on LinkedIn doesn't mean you can't find another way to contact them. Um, those really successful third-party recruiters are doing that. They're also calling into the office to get in touch with those people. They are trying to find those people. Now that's their only job, but for a customer that does a lot of business with them, they're doing everything scratching and calling to find that individual. And they know that they're going to get that person a good job because they have trust in that customer. Wow. So there's like three other three other episodes I just wrote down based off of what we, you just talked about. I want to, so we'll we'll sort of table those. And one, just to tease it out, I want to do an episode where we're talking about hiring social media coordinators, managers, directors. Um, they're going to manage your LinkedIn, but they have no experience. Most people in social media have very little experience in LinkedIn. We're going to just tease that for the for an episode down the road. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I think that's and it's hard because if you're a uh, even a social media manager, it's hard to be in depth with all these platforms. I mean, it's almost impossible to have deep knowledge of. Uh, I mean, we don't pretend to have deep knowledge of certain platforms at all. Uh, at all. And it's, it's too hard. Uh, there's too many nuances. So they do need to rely on a, a bunch of different people. But if link, if you're a B2B company who's got LinkedIn as a main thing on your strategy and you're hiring someone with no LinkedIn experience, either get them certified or get them the right training or you got to look for somebody else. Absolutely. So that's going to be a whole episode. I'm going to make a note of that. I want you to define, because you mentioned it a little while ago, a purple squirrel. Because it really ties in with what you also just talked about and the geography, the type of position. So can you just define what a purple squirrel is? Yeah, and recruit, you'll, you'll hear this in recruiting, purple squirrel, purple unicorn. Some people have done some funny things with their recruiting company agency's name, um, putting the, the purple um, unicorn uh, or a squirrel as a, a logo, things like that. It's a position that's incredibly unique, incredibly hard to fill. Uh, they almost don't exist. Um, 
And sometimes the person, right? The yeah, person doesn't it, exist. It right? does, they don't even exist out there in the marketplace for what you're trying to find. And if you're a recruiting company that's working on a purple squirrel, it's working with the customer and educating them to how can we take that purple squirrel and make them a little bit easier to find and fill in where they can give as far as the, the roles and responsibilities of the role. But yeah, those po- purple unicorns, purple squirrels, it's just a very hard uh, position to find. And sometimes that can be from, especially in small businesses, a combination of two or three roles woven together, right? So, and expecting that everybody's going to have a full skill set and experience with all of that merged together. So, you know, if you're on the recruiting side and you're looking to hire or your company is, do you have any purple squirrels? Because you might want to take a look and see if you have any purple squirrels. So, Every episode, we want to provide a truth, tool, and tip for the topic of the day. So today, recruiting and random acts of recruiting. Jim, can you give us one truth, please? One truth is if you are frustrated with LinkedIn and you've been using it randomly, there's your answer right there why you're frustrated with it. It's, as Colleen said, it's it's one of the best databases out there. It's user-generated. It's updated all the time. Um, so if you're not leveraging it, you should be leveraging it. And if you're frustrated with it, but you've been using it randomly, there's your truth. There you go. One tool. Tool. I think, I I don't want to say LinkedIn recruiter because it, it is at a a certain price tag that it's not going to be accessible for a lot of companies or make sense or would I even advise it. Um, but I would say a premium, a premium LinkedIn tool for recruiting, if you're, it's going to be worth it, even if you're going to be hiring just one position a year, because that's going to help you be more intentional. So premium, uh, people get confused here a lot, but a premium product would be LinkedIn Recruiter, LinkedIn Recruiter Lite, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, LinkedIn Premium, which is really LinkedIn Job Seeker slash LinkedIn Business. Um, all of those are going to give you some insights, going to give you the ability to send out emails, but it's also when we were talking about that search. If you don't have that intentional network right away, it's going to give you more search results. So then you can start to build it. Okay. And I think we'll also do another episode on, can you recruit without LinkedIn recruiter? So we'll pick that up too. One tip. Um, one tip would be not, not having all these internal meetings about recruiting, but letting everybody in the company under, know what you are hiring for. Um, and asking for help. And it's not making everyone sit there and send out messages to people and, and feeling inauthentic, but involving them in the strategy, everyone in the company, because whenever there's an open position, it's costing the company in some way, or they shouldn't be hiring that role. Um, and typically it's somebody who's filling in or multiple people that are covering for that individual. And um, they're either overworking themselves or another area is lacking. Great. We could keep going, but we're gonna wrap this up and we'll expand on this in the future with some other episodes. Recruiting is a key part of every business. You must have great talent. It is a differentiator. And how you build that funnel to and have a network where you can find great talent is more important than ever. So Jim, thanks, terrific conversation. We will be back with another episode of Stand Out on LinkedIn, Indispensable Truths, Tools, and Tips. We hope that you have walked away with at least one or two ideas. Please share this with other people in your company, especially those tasked with recruiting. 
I want you to apply something so that you can really stand out on LinkedIn. As always, great conversation. Thanks for listening. I'm Colleen signing off until our next episode. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on LinkedIn, get to know us on LinkedIn, and on our website, interoadvisory.com. We have lots of valuable content, including Insight, our membership site, and more. We'd appreciate a shout out on your preferred channel, a review, or a comment on what you'd like us to discuss. You can listen in on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and other channels. Check out our tutorials on YouTube as well. Thanks very much for being a part of Stand Out on LinkedIn.